Today is Monday, November 6th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Some brutal new polling numbers for President Biden. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating. Email us. We'd love to hear from you. Quick Start Podcast at CBN.org. We're glad you're here. Going through the news of the cray with us each and every weekday morning, bright and early. Joining me now here on this Monday, Billy Hallowell. Billy. What's going on? Happy Monday. Happy Monday. It's good to be back. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. There's election stuff. It's like you almost forget there's a with the war in Israel raging on. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. We have a massive election coming up. <laughs> and today is kind of a precursor to that or tomorrow's election. And then, you know, 2024 is like creeping up. Yeah. We just need more chaos. So we yeah, got to throw an election it, yeah. into the mix. Yeah, we can't. We can't. We can't have calm. But uh, <laughs> it is there's a lot. So we're going to cover that. Those polling numbers certainly intriguing. We'll get into those here in just a minute on the focus, Billy, some chaos in Nigeria. Yeah, you know, this is called, kind of falling off the radar. But with everything going on right now in the world, we're going to put a little bit of a focus back on some of the persecution that is unfolding there. Really, really horrific stuff. Yeah, indeed. Definitely something we need to be praying for and you need to know about. And we'll get to that. On the focus story, on the main thing, we're going to talk about how tomorrow's election is in part a national referendum on parental choice in schools. Still a big topic among voters. Madison Seals has more on that on today's main thing. But first, we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken met with Turkey's foreign minister today on his final stop of Middle East trip. Some are continuing to call for a Gaza ceasefire, stirring outrage among Israelis and supporters of Israel. Meanwhile, humanitarian agencies have lost contact with aid workers in Gaza as it faces its third communications blackout of the conflict. The Israeli military, meanwhile, said it was carrying out a significant strike on Gaza last night. They also opened a four-hour evacuation window for civilians. And a Bidenomics backfire. A recent Fox News survey found that 62% of Americans disapprove of Biden's handling of the economy. Only 37% approve. Democrats are beginning to revolt against the term, saying it's a jumbled mess. Biden, meanwhile, is looking at some brutal new polling numbers that shows him losing to Donald Trump in multiple key swing states. Numbers are likely to ignite some panic among Democrats. And there's new doubts now that 81-year-old Joe Biden's up to a full second term. And the Rolling Stone attacked Speaker Johnson for using covenant eyes. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those and more over at CBNNews.com. Billy, obviously a lot going on with the election and those polling numbers with Trump. We'll get that in a second. I wanted to mention this Rolling Stone article because I thought it was kind of remarkable. He basically said, this is Speaker Mike Johnson, that he and his son, who's at the time he said this was 17, so basically an adult, and said that they have covenant eyes. And so that's an accountability system. If you're not familiar with it, it monitors your devices and then sends a report if there's anything sort of suspicious that looks like it might be sexual in nature. 
to help people kind of keep track of what they're consuming online and to keep away from pornography. And they tried to spin this as some sort of massive scandal. They're like, resurface video says he and his son monitor each other's porn intake. Like that, that's such a ridiculous spin. And a lot of people were kind of saying, ah, that's not exactly what's happening here. Yeah, well, again, you know, this it's actually so crazy to me because we know we're in the upside down, right? When you yeah. have somebody trying to do the right thing with right. their kid and trying to protect themselves and really keep their kid and themselves pure. And really, this is probably more of a moment of a parent trying to teach a valuable lesson to their kid who's yeah. becoming an adult. Um, and, and yet, you know, here it is being painted as some sort of weird thing. Yeah, that's how you just know we've gone off the cliff, you know, culturally when these are the sorts of stories that are there. But look, they're trying to get anything they possibly can on him right now to yeah. prove that he's yeah, you know, some sort of extremist or crazy person, and this is just the latest iteration of that. It's it's kind of sad, though, to it be is. honest. It is, and it, I mean, it, it does. On the political front, you're right. It reminds me of the Mitt Romney thing. You know, Mitt Romney, for whatever policies you may or may not like of his, you know, he's a very, um, uh, just a, a guy that's on the up and up. You know, he's a solid guy. He's a good family man, and they they tried to attack him with binders of women. He's got binders of women laying around. Uh, which was just such a ridiculous spin on what he said during a debate. But it's similar here. And you know, these are a lot of the same people who are championing transition surgeries for minors who are changing their body parts. And then they're uh, shocked and appalled that somebody would want to pursue purity with their son and, and kind of lead them in that way, uh, especially an older son, right? This isn't like a 10-year-old or something like that. And this is a 17-year-old at the time and, and someone who's entering into adulthood. So to me, it makes a lot of sense. But to the media, well, yeah. apparently it doesn't. Well, yeah. And let's keep in mind, the average kid, you know, some surveys are showing they're being exposed to pornography at 11 years old, right? So, like, th this is something that parents are trying to keep, you know, protect their kids from. And so, again, a 17-year-old, I just, to me, it's like, who even thought this should be a story? Right. Like, who thought this is so weird we right. should write right. numerous stories on it? I yeah. mean, bizarre. Yeah. And, um, well, if the goal is to get clicks, I guess they're getting them today. But, um. On the politics front, though, shocking numbers, Billy, on Bi on Biden, um, the the polling is just terrible. I mean, here's Trump, who's going before court still, and that whole case is up in the air, and we don't know what's going to happen with that. And yet, Biden losing among multiple key key swing states in these polls, and look, a lot of it has to do with the economy, as the the other poll I mentioned said. People are struggling out there. Like it is. Everything is going up. Literally everything is my, my garbage bill just doubled for no reason. All of a sudden yeah. out of nowhere, I got a bill and it's like double what it was before. And people are struggling and, and they're just out there trying to act like everything's okay. Well, that that's the thing, right? If your electric bill, your food bill, your gas bill, these are all bills that you you have to have these things yeah. to survive, to get to work, to feed your family. And when you can't afford those things, that is a crisis point for whoever is in charge. They are going to be blamed for that, especially, and it doesn't matter, you know, we can get into the ins and the outs of whether it was Trump or Biden or who's responsible, but when the previous person, when they were in office, those things were lower priced, they were easier to, to you know, obtain right. 
that it's just that I think is exactly what you're watching happen. And it is remarkable happening at a time when, you know, Trump is on 90 some odd charges in numerous cases. And yet that does not seem to be dissuading people. And in fact, they're, they're just, you know, it seems like more people are saying, well, I think I'm going to go back to that because I was able to survive and live better under that again, regardless of whether or not, you know, there are different factors at play here, but Man, it's going to be a very interesting election year with all of this because these numbers are probably going to continue to shift. Yeah, I think you're right. And especially when they tried to, there's a lot of internal dissension as well on Bidenomics. They essentially just tried to say, you know what, we're going to say it's great. And it's the whole nothing to see here. You know, Leslie Nielsen from Naked Gun with the fireworks exploding behind him. Nothing to see. Move along, everybody. I mean, that's essentially (laughs) what they're trying to say. And that clearly is not going to work when people, as you said, are suffering at every thing they have to buy to just get by in life is going up and it's making it a pain point. So we'll see how it continues to play out. Of course, we're going to keep reporting on it and over at CBNNews.com and FaithWire.com. All right, let's move into the focus story now. Christians in Nigeria are continuing to face a difficult situation. So what's the latest here, Billy? Yeah, you know, on Halloween day, on October 31st, and a lot of these stories, they're just kind of falling out of the headlines because of Israel and everything else that's unfolding. But there was a village that was attacked by Fulani herdsmen. That's an Islamic group known for waging uh, some of these attacks. They killed at least one Christian, harmed and injured two others, and then kidnapped 25 people. Um, and and you know, this particular event, uh, it unfolded in the Kaduna state, which is a place where we've seen a number of these attacks unfold. And one of the residents said that the Christian villagers were attacked in the early hours of Tuesday. The injured victims are currently being treated in the hospital. We haven't gotten an update over the past couple of days, but you've got 25 people who, again, you know, have been kidnapped and taken by this group. And this is a group known to murder and kill. And so you have a very shocked and horrified community there um, of Christians who have been scared for a long time now because of what's unfolding. But but now they have a very real reason to be fearful as they try to get these individuals back. Mm. What are some of the other recent atrocities there? Yeah, so on October 29th, just a couple of days before, there were six Christians who were killed in another area of Nigeria. Um, There were more than 30 Christians on October 7th who were captured at gunpoint while they were working on a farm. I mean, these are large groups of Christians that are being taken and killed and captured. Um, In that case, on October 7th, there were, as I mentioned, 30 Christian farmers. They were cultivating, working on a farm, and they were just immediately abducted together. Um, A lot of the residents, you know, just asking. And these stories, by the way, they come through Morningstar News, which is a news outlet that that covers a lot of these persecution uh, claims around the world. But they're saying, please pray for our community. And so this, again, you know, I mean, we can go through the line. We've covered a lot of these stories, but almost every month, we're seeing, you know, three to five major stories come out of Nigeria of, of persecution acts. Yeah. And it's, it's been rough there over the years and it's heating up and we got to continue praying there. What's the overarching situation for believers there in Nigeria? Yeah, I mean, it's not good. You, you might remember, we covered this on the show back in 2022, in May of 2022, there was a student, a college student who was stoned to death. And that that stoning. She was a Christian. She was being persecuted on just, you know, here she is trying to get educated. And that 
that particular story really brought this Nigeria violence out to the entire world because I think it shocked people to hear that somebody in 2022 in modern era was being stoned to death. Um, so the situation is is not good. Uh, one estimate says that almost 2,500 Christians have been murdered since 2016 by the Fulani herdsmen. And keep in mind, the Fulani are just one group. You've got all ISIS and all these other groups that are operating um, in Nigeria as well. In 2023, Nigeria was the sixth worst place, the most dangerous place to be a Christian in the world, um, according to Open Doors U.S. Or, I'm sorry, Open Doors, their 2023 World Watch List report. So it, it's not a good situation. Christians get most of the persecution there in Nigeria, despite the fact that there are many, many Christians there. This is not a country yeah. where um, almost half of the population is, is Christian, but there are pockets of extremism throughout. Man, it's really one of those stories. It's hard to fathom. Again, I mean, I, I say this all the time when I hear these stories. It almost doesn't feel real. Like that, really, can that happen in 2023? But yeah, not everyone's as blessed to live in a country as relatively safe and secure as America is. And man, to see what's going on in Nigeria really just pains you for all the humans there, but especially our brothers and sisters in Christ who are being persecuted for their, a lot of times for their faith. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, the southern portion, again, is majority Christian, right? So you ha it's, it's such a strange situation. You've got Muslim majority north of the country. Um, and then the central part is where a lot of this violence unfolds. But the south is majority Christian. So you just wonder, gosh, how does this happen? And, and by the way, I mean, the government, too, in a lot of these cases, isn't doing its job. And in America, by the way, and this is important, you know, this country is a particular concern list that our State Department has. Nigeria is not on that list. It was taken off of the mm -hmm. list. You know, the Trump administration put Nigeria on the list. The Biden administration took Nigeria off. And that's been a major question, you know, when we hear these events. Why? Why is yeah. Nigeria not being pressured to stop? Yeah, this? absolutely. seems like they should absolutely be on that list given what we're seeing on the ground there all right billy appreciate you bringing that story to our attention here on the focus today appreciate it all right we're going to head over to the main thing now and the superintendent of spotsylvania county public schools mark taylor caught up with madison seals on today's main thing to talk about how their school board election isn't just about a local race but it's really kind of a national referendum around parental choice and creating the best outcome for children. This is a topic that has been rising around the country. Parents frustrated about what's going on at their schools and what is being taught to their children. Many feel like it's beyond the bounds of normal education policies. That's today's main thing. Mark, it's been apparent to parents across the country that there's been a societal shift in education that prioritizes teaching gender ideology and curriculum using some really concerning methods and images. So can you talk a little bit about what this shift has meant for education across the country? I can talk mainly medicine about what it means, I think, here in Spotsylvania. And for our division, 24,000 students, I can't help but see it as a distraction. At the end of the day, uh, gender identity is not on any of Virginia's standardized tests. It's not a career opportunity for any of our students. It's not the basis for admission to any institution of higher learning that we know of. It doesn't provide any preference or special opportunity in enlistment in the armed services. It really doesn't, it doesn't open a door 
for the young graduate. So it's really off mission. It's discordant with our mission here at Spotsylvania County Public Schools, and I would argue uh, discordant with the mission of public education across the country. Public education is about preparing young people to have their best future, to emerge into young adulthood, uh, circa 17 to 19 years old, positioned for their best possible future. And bigger question, of what will I be? What will I grow into? How will I be productive as a member of society? How will I participate? How will I be engaged in society? Even the, the simple question for um, special needs students that age out of our programs and find themselves with very few opportunities to stay engaged and stay inactive stay active in community and not just fall into isolation. Those are, those are the critical things. Those are the big things. It's a relatively small issue, frankly, about with whom would I prefer to mate, if at all. The question really is, what are you going to do with the endowment that you started life with? What is going to be your contribution? And I would argue vigorously that that contribution is going to be much more than simply and only the answer uh, to the question of who will be members of my immediate household, with whom will I buy. Right. And instead of that, what we've been seeing in many schools is the presence of sexually explicit materials in the form of books and curriculum. And one of the ways that your district has addressed this is actually back in March starting the process of removing sexually explicit books off of the shelves in schools. So can you tell me a little bit about that process, how your district selected the books that were problematic and what the reaction of parents and teachers and the community has been to that? Sure, absolutely. So all, first of all, there's now been a total of 37 books that have been, that I have removed. Others have been removed in the uh, review process at levels lower than my office. There is a process in our division for parents or interested citizens to challenge instructional materials that are found in the libraries or curricula. When we're talking about sexually explicit materials, these are uh, not infrequently descriptions of violent rape, involuntary bestiality. And the question I have is, how in the world did we as a society get down to the question of what is what is the most vile material that we are willing to tolerate putting in front of our children? Why aren't we looking at what is the best material that we can put in front of our children? Why aren't we looking for the, the highest quality, the most uplifting, the most positive, and I want to go back to the reaction from parents to the steps that you've taken to protect their children, because in doing so, you're also protecting parental rights in education, which is a huge issue in and of itself. So why is that a key aspect of also protecting children? Well, first of all, it's a key aspect in, in large part because our governor, Glenn Youngkin, has said it's a key aspect. In Virginia, Governor Youngkin has been very clear about wanting to support the rights of LGBTQ students and their parents and the rights of all parents to be active in their role. And we need them to be active and engaged. The idea that any school division is going to hide 
reality of the life of the child from the parents, that's that's duplicitous, that, that's illegitimate, and that ultimately does not contribute to the best outcome for the child. The, the science is solid on that. Every kid has a better outcome with involved parents. It, it's really that simple. And Mark, last question here, but what is your call on parents and members of the community leading up to this, this vote that's coming up in your district? Parental engagement, community engagement, critical to the success of our students. We really need to come together as a community for the kids. And part of that coming together is Tuesday, which is election day. This is a local election. The school board has seats up. The board of supervisors has seats up. But the seats on the school board, the seats on the local governing bodies in in Spotsylvania and across the Commonwealth of Virginia are critically important. And our current program in the school division depends upon the leadership of our existing majority. So my hope is that the community will come out and give its voice through its vote, and we will find our future. And that future will either continue by focused on intentional preparation of students for their best future, or it will slouch back in a different direction. Well, Mark Taylor, thank you for your, your work and protecting both children and parents. Really appreciate you. Madison, thank you very much. Appreciate you. All right, Madison, thanks so much for that conversation there. We'll certainly be on the lookout for what happens around the country uh, tomorrow during uh, Election Day. All right, that's going to leave us with time on the pod for one last thing. Yeah, Psalm 119.2, blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. It's just a good Monday reminder as we dive into the week to be seeking God with all of our hearts. Yeah, in Psalm 119, Billy, as we're going through, both Billy and I, if you're not aware, we're going through that Bible in a year uh, plan. And we're in Psalm 119 right now. And it's like, that is a theme. Like, you see that. Just let me keep your statutes like over and over and over again, pressing upon that reminder, which I think we need it, right? As fallen humans and and we're prone to wander. So uh, let's keep his statutes. Blessed blessed are those who who do that. So uh, let's seek him with all of our heart. Great, great way to kick off the week. And we're glad you're here with us to do it. And Lord willing, and that creek don't rise, we'll return tomorrow with more. Make sure you get on over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. God bless. See you tomorrow.